0: This morning, if you have a copy of God's Word, again, look with us. This time, the book of Psalms, chapter 23. The 23rd Psalm, very famous psalm, as we are continuing to look at the names of God. That's what we're doing in this sermon series. God is so mighty, God is so majestic, that there are many names for him in the Bible to show us who he really is. And today, we're going to be looking at one of those names. This morning, uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard, but let me tell you before it's over with, I'll be going King James on you, okay? I learned this. I did the first service, I started quoting King James. That's just how I learned this passage. But I will begin by reading from the New American Standard 23rd Psalm, beginning with verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare me, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows." Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <clears throat> pray with me. Our Father, today, as we open your word, and Father, as we look at this incredible psalm, I pray that you'll help us understand who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two days ago, there was a story from India where two shepherds, one age 22, one age 55, died of suffocation trying to rescue a lamb that had fallen into a boar well. One of the shepherds, when he saw the lamb go into the boar well, dove in to rescue the lamb. When he did not return, his uncle went into the well to rescue both of them. And neither one came out. It took over two hours to retrieve their bodies. Both had died. Now here's the question, why? Why would you dive into a hole not knowing how deep it was? How, why would you jump into a hole, dive into a hole, when you didn't know what was down there? And the answer is simple. He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd, and he loved his sheep, and his job is to protect the sheep. And when he saw the lamb go into the hole, he dived into the hole to rescue the lamb. In Psalm chapter 23, we find another name for God. Jehovah el Roi. Now, by the way, Roi it could be spelled R-O-I or R-O-H-I. If you listen to various preachers and various teachers, they'll pronounce it different ways. So let's everyone get on the same page this morning how we're going to pronounce it, okay? Shepherd. (laughs) He is Jehovah the Shepherd. He is God the Shepherd. The word means one who watches. That's who God is. And you can imagine here's David. David is the king. But before David was the king, he was a shepherd boy. And I can almost imagine that one day David was thinking about how he took care of the sheep. And then he began to realize, my Lord takes care of me like I took care of the sheep. And God is the shepherd. And the Bible compares us to sheep all the time. And we need a shepherd. And in our text, Psalm chapter 23, we find out how our shepherd provides. So let's look at it this morning. First of all, our shepherd provides for our personal needs. Our shepherd provides for our personal needs. I love how David begins. The Lord is my shepherd. Did you notice? That's in the present tense. The Lord is. David didn't say the Lord was. David doesn't say the Lord will be. He says the Lord is my shepherd. At this moment, right now. I have a shepherd who's going to take care of me right now. The Lord is. Then he turns in and make it personal. The Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about a personal pronoun. He said, this is personalized. This is individualized. God knows me. God knows who I am. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows who I am. I can call upon him and he is there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that God gives you everything you want. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that the Lord, our shepherd, gives us what we need. He takes care of our personal needs. That's what he's saying. Our Lord knows what we need daily. Our Lord needs, understands what we need to survive. And so that's what he does. And David proves this or provides two ways he takes care of our personal needs. He said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And secondly, he leaves me beside quiet or still waters. He says, First of all, our Lord makes me lie down. That's a beautiful image, it is the image of rest. We need rest. Who does the action is the Lord. Now, why would David say this? Because sheep don't like to rest, sheep are, are skittish animals, they have to have everything perfect before they could rest. And so the shepherd had to go through a lot of work doing that process to prepare the sheep to rest. So here's the sheep. They're not relaxed. And so he would have to help them rest. Now, why would he do this? We know now that when a sheep lies down, it doesn't eat, unlike us, okay? And now we know that when a sheep is lying down, when it is resting, that is when its wool Begins to grow the strongest. Rest is essential to the sheep. Rest is important to the sheep. Sheep needs rest so they can grow. Spiritually, we need rest, spiritual rest, so that we can grow. So how does the shepherd help the sheep rest? Well, number one, there's, a, there's various techniques. One technique, he takes his arm, puts it under the, the, the neck of the sheep. He takes the other arm, and he puts it on the, under the, the hind legs and picks it up and holds it, and whispers to calm it down. It holds it until it relaxes. If, if everything is okay, the sheep will remain calm. And then he would gently lay the sheep on the ground. By the way, the safest place for the sheep is in the arms of the shepherd. That's the safest place. The shepherd's holding the sheep. He's comforting him, comforting him. He's calming him down. And then he lays him down. We need to rest. I don't mean just physical rest. We need that. I mean spiritual rest. Because if you don't have spiritual rest, you will not get physical rest. And only our shepherd can help us. Then he says he leaves them beside still waters. That phrase is very important because when a sheep gets thirsty, they become restless and they will go find water on their own. And what they would do anytime they see water, they'll drink it. They'll they'll go to some polluted pothole and and pick up uh, uh, a parasite. And so the shepherd had to prepare this. Now, sheep are dumb animals. Don't be offended. They know this, okay? Sheep are dumb animals, but they're not too dumb. They will not drink from running water. If the water is moving, they won't drink from it. You know why? Because they understand if I get in the water, my wool is gonna absorb the water and I'll drown. So sheep are scared of running water. So the shepherd would go to a place and he would dam up the area and have still waters for the sheep to come and drink. For the sheep's safety, the shepherd will find the still waters and make the still waters. Here's the shepherd providing daily what the needs for the sheep were. You know, Jesus told us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. You know, some of us are looking to next week. Some of us are looking next year. Some of us are looking 20 years down the road. But Jesus said, look today and pray the Lord will take care of your needs today. Whether it's our food, our housing, our basic necessities, whatever it may be, the Lord provides our personal needs. Second, our Lord, our shepherd, provides our directional needs. Our shepherd provides our directional needs. Verse three, He guides me in the path of righteousness. Again, sheep are, are dumb and, and they wonder. They need someone to guide them. And it's been noted, sometimes you'll have a sheep and a flock, they will begin to walk in a circle. And another sheep will be looking at that sheep, thinking, Huh, okay. And they'll start walking in a circle. And the other sheep are looking, well, what do those two sheep do? they walk walking in circles. Okay. It is possible a whole flock of sheep will be just walking in a circle in the pasture. Why? Because they need someone to guide them. David says, our shepherd guides us. You know, right now, we all, most of us use our our phone for a GPS system. I mean, we, we don't do paper maps anymore. We just plug it in. Sometimes that's not smart. Sometimes they don't work. Years ago, before I was using the phone for my GPS, I was using something called Garmin. I don't know if it's still out there, but I had it. I was in East Kentucky on a speaking engagement. I left my speaking engagement, headed back to the hotel 10 miles away, And all of a sudden, I looked down and Garmin, and Garmin told me I was in the middle of a lake. There's no water. And then I kept driving, and all of a sudden, the screen went black except my little car on the screen. I'm in the twilight zone. Okay. (laughs) This is East Kentucky. There, there are no signs. There's, there's no lights. There, it's dark. I'm driving down the road. I'm going. What am I going to do? So I called home. Eileen, about 10 10 o'clock, 10.30, and said, I'm lost. Get on the computer because I'm going to find a sign before this is over with. And so it took us a while. I finally found a sign. Okay, we know where you are now, and it took me to get home. But the GPS didn't work. David says we have a GPS that does work. GPS stands for good personal shepherd. He is the one that guides us. Where does he guide us? He tells us in righteousness because naturally, Humanly speaking, you're not going to go to righteousness. You're never going to go to righteousness on your own. You're never going to go to goodness on your own. You're never going to go to wholeness on your own. You're never going to strive for perfection on your own. You need the good shepherd. And our good shepherd provides our directional need. He is the one who's going to show us how to live in this world. Third, our shepherd provides for our emotional needs. Verse four, um, let me go King James on you. "Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death; I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me." David says, "Sometimes we walk in the valley, but we're not going to fear. Our shepherd is with us in the valleys. See, our shepherd is not just with us on mountaintops. Our shepherd is not just with us when everything's going great. In the low points of your life, the shepherd's going to be there. Valleys are low points, aren't they? Valleys are when you are discouraged. Valleys are when you are frightened. Valleys are when you are worried. Valleys are when you are alone. Valleys are when you start wondering, does anyone even care about me? Valleys are when you begin to realize that you're not smart enough, you're not talented enough, and you're not clever enough to do what you want to do in life. The valleys are when your emotions are shot. Now, we love the mountaintops. But do you realize you cannot remain on the mountaintop and keep moving? And if you're going to get to the next mountaintop, you're going to have to go through a valley. Every mountaintop experience, you have to go through a valley to get to that mountaintop experience. In fact, I'll, go this, I'll say it this way. When I'm in a valley, all that means is there's another mountaintop waiting to happen. If I'll keep walking. Do you know how David said that? "Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, listen, you don't stand still in the valley." David never said, "Yea, the I whine in the valley." No." He said, "You keep walking. You keep moving. You've got to keep going, because in the valley you cannot stop. I know we want to stand in that valley, we want to cry, we want to throw a temper tantrum, we want to quit, we want to stop. But God says, "In the valley, you keep moving. You keep moving. Why? The shepherd is with us. Yea, thou walk through the valley. Then he said, the shadow. Oh, by the way, did you notice, though, there was a pronoun change? In the first few verses, he talked about the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me. He maketh me. He kept speaking to God that way. But now he says, but thou art with me. You are with me. He changed. Why? Listen, when you're being led... In the green pastures and you got the still waters you talk about God when everything's going great in life you talk about God when you're in the valley you talk to God when we go through the valley we no longer talk about God we start talking to God yea I walk through the valley of the shadow don't miss that shadow Shadows can frighten us, but shadows cannot hurt us. I mean, think about it. Would you rather be hit by a truck? Would you rather be run over by a truck or run over by the shadow of the truck? Your choice. Shadows don't hurt us. Only our responses to shadows hurts us. David says, the shadows cannot hurt us. In fact, he calls death a shadow. And for the believer, it is. If you are a believer here this morning, death is only a shadow. Shadows cannot hurt us. It can frighten us if we're not careful. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Let me tell you something about, about shadows. Anytime there's a shadow in your life, God is still there. You may think God's not there, but he's there. And I can tell you why. In order to have a shadow, you gotta have a light. If you're gonna have a shadow, there's a light. A shadow is caused by something coming between you and the light. Whenever we go through a shadow, whenever I go through the shadow, I know what's happening. I put something before me and my light, I put something before me and my shepherd. That causes the shadow. So what we need to do is move the object away so we can see the light, or we need to move it to the side to see the light. But anytime I go through a shadow in my life, I know God is still there because there's a shadow. And in the shadows, we know our shepherd will help us emotionally. In fact, David tells us two instruments he uses to help us emotionally. He says the rod and the staff. These are two instruments every shepherd had. First is the rod. The rod was a club, about two feet in length. And they would take a a sapling and and dig it up. And and that big root, they would would, uh, smooth it. It became a club. And you would use that club to fight the lions or bears or or robbers. It represented the power of the shepherd. David is saying, emotionally, I know I can handle anything because God is the one who's going to give me the power. God is the one who's going to get me through the valleys. Emotionally, I know I can handle it. And then you had the staff. The staff, you know, the long stick with a crook on it. You know what that was for? Various things. But that was a symbol of the caring nature of the shepherd. The shepherd would be walking. There's a sheep. It's about to eat some poisonous plants. And he would take the crook of that staff and he would pull the sheep back. Why? Because he cares for the sheep. The sheep would fall in a hole and he would come and he will see the sheep. He takes that staff. He, he goes down there and puts the hook underneath the sheep and pulls up the sheep. That was the tool. That was the instrument. It represented that he cared. David is saying, I can go through the valleys of the shadows. I can go through the valleys because I know God cares for me. My shepherd cares for me. Because he has power and because he has care, I know I can go through any valley, and he will take care of my emotional needs. Next, David says he provides for our physical needs. Our shepherd provides for our physical needs. He says in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, does a shepherd put out a picnic table for the sheep? No. Sheep have a lot of natural enemies. Wolves, coyotes, bears, snakes. And so the shepherd would come to an area of green grass, and he would drive out all the enemies. Most of those enemies you can see. But then he would look for other enemies like poisonous plants or holes where there'd be snakes. And he would get rid of all the enemies and he would prepare this area, and that would be called preparing a table. Now the sheep can come there without fear. God wants to protect us from our enemies. An enemy is simply anything that threatens your security. And David gives two examples how the shepherd meets our needs against our enemies. He says, first of all, you anoint my head with oil. Let me explain. One of the enemies of sheep, flies. Flies are a danger to the sheep because the sheep can't get rid of flies because they hoofs. They They can't bat it away. They can't scratch. And so flies will actually fly up in the nasal cavity of the sheep and lay eggs. And all of a sudden, it drives the sheep crazy. And there, are many times in the summertime, you see sheep banging its head against a rock because it's going crazy over the, the flies with the lava in its, in its nose. There's nothing they can do about it. Something very small. I mean, you think you care about the bears and the, and the wolves. No, it's the flies. It's something very small that irritates you. You can't get rid of it. David says, our shepherd takes care of our irritations. Those things that irritate you, you can't get out of your mind. Those things you can't let go of, your shepherd can get rid of it. The second thing the oil would do is to soothe. Many times a sheep would get an open wound and they would take that oil, the ointment, and they they'll put it on and soothe the wound so the sheep could rest. Some of you, here and some of you online, you're dealing with wounds. Something happened to you years ago, something happened to you last week, and you can't get over it. You've been wounded, and you're tired. Or it may be you were rejected by your parents, maybe you went through a divorce, maybe someone took advantage of you. Maybe your business partner cheated you. Maybe you've been betrayed by a best friend. I don't know. But you may have been wounded. And you're trying to figure out, how can I get rid of this? And here's the only way you can get rid of this, is let the good shepherd heal you. And then David says, our cup overflows. One of the enemies of sheep, the same enemies of people in the desert, is not having water, thirst. In the Middle East, the custom was, if you had a cup overflowing, it meant that, You had more than enough because you did not waste water. You never overflowed a cup with water. In the desert, that was a no-no. But David says, our shepherd, his cup overflows. Overflowing cup in the Bible means total satisfaction. David says, our shepherd has everything you need. Our shepherd can take care of any need you have and he can continue to help you and help you and help you and help you and help, help you. God can meet all of your needs, and God never runs dry. Our shepherd provides our physical needs. And then finally, our shepherd provides for our eternal needs. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy, loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. First word David uses, surely. It means no doubt. Take it to the bank. I promise you. He says, we will have eternal life. But before he gets there, he says something else. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, what does he talk about? Goodness. Goodness will follow us because God is good. God's goodness will follow us. Now, please understand, David had disappointments in his life. Not everything happened to him was good. David is not saying, surely only good things are going to happen to me. That's not true. Not true for David. It's not true for us. Bad things happen to good people. We know that. He's not saying that. He's saying something different. He is saying, goodness will follow me. He's saying, goodness will follow me. Evil may come. Pain may come. But goodness is going to follow. Good things will always come out of whatever happens to me if I serve God. Same thing Paul says in Romans 8:28. Whatever comes in my life, no matter what, God says if I serve him, goodness will follow me. God will get good out of it. Goodness will follow me. That means there is no difficulty, no dilemma, no defeat, no disaster in your life that can stop God's will. God's will will be done. Goodness will follow you. Then he says, "Mercy." Now what's mercy? M- mercy is withholding what we deserve. That's all it is. And we don't deserve heaven. We don't deserve anything. We deserve hell. But God gives us mercy. We are imperfect. We are sinners. We stumble, we fall, we make mistakes, we blow it. We're going to sin. And we need God's mercy now and in the future. And David says, mercy will follow us. God will give us his forgiveness. God will pardon us. God will heal us. God will be there with his mercy. Mercy means that when I'm going through a tough time, I'm going through the valleys. I'm going through difficulties. Even those I brought on myself, God by his mercy will help me. Mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not just some days. He said all. All the days of my life. And then he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is one of the greatest little connections in the Bible to ever see. Go from the past to the present to the future. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know what the word forever means? Forever. That's what it means. Someday our body's going to die, but you're not going to die. Your body's going to go, continue to live. You're either going to live in heaven or live in hell, but we keep it living. David says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is an incredible promise. He he said, "I, I got great news for you. Goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life on this planet. That'd be a promise alone. But then he says, and that's not the end. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there's something we don't understand in 21st century America. Very important to David. Shepherds were semi-nomadic people. They always moved from place to place. they always moving to another pasture. Shepherds longed for the day they would stay in one place. I mean, they talked about, would there ever be a day I will just stay home? That's what they dreamed about. And here's David saying, you will. You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Physically forever, not to have pain or temptation. Socially forever, to have friends that will never betray you and never depart. Spiritually forever, in the presence of God. It's an incredible promise. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But only if he's my shepherd. This only applies if he's your shepherd. And you may be here this morning, you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you're watching online. You've never given your life to Christ that he's not your shepherd. You need to give your life by saying, Lord, I I admit I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I need your mercy. And I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago. It was buried on the third day of rose. And I confess everything to you, Father. I give you my life. If you're online today and you would like to give your life to Christ, if you would text the word today at 270-398-5005. And a minister will give you a call. But if you're here this morning in person, as we begin to sing as ministers at the front, if you want to give your life to Christ, we you just come to the front, talk to one of us, or after the service, go to the Connection Center and talk to one of the ministers. He needs to be your shepherd. Will you stand him by your heads? Our Heavenly Father, this, this concept that you are a shepherd, even though most of us have never been around sheep, and most of us really don't know the duties of a shepherd, Father, it's still a powerful image to us that you're always with us. And Father, we pray now for decisions. Father, whatever decisions that need to be made, Father, let them hear your voice, the voice of the shepherd, calling them to the cross. No more hesitation, no more excuses. We pray, Father, people will respond. In Jesus' name, amen.